everybody. It is episode 7 of Escape With Me. I hope you're all doing absolutely fantastic, having a fantastic week, a fantastic day. Happy spring. Today is the first day of spring, I think. It's Saturday the 20th. I'm, I'm pretty sure, actually. Um, gonna look it up here. I did see one post on it, but how accurate could that be? Oh, it is today. So much fun. Okay. Fun fact, growing up, I thought spring was my favorite month because my birthday, I so I thought, was in the springtime. It's June 22nd. Um, funny enough, my birthday is actually in the summer, not spring. So that transition happened in like high school where I realized it actually is not in spring. So that's funny. But you know what? I do love spring. I love the cooling down of, or the heating up of the temperatures, I guess, um, the cool breeze, the trees, the colors coming back to life, grass, people outside, you know, puddles, I love rain, so spring is good, <clears throat> spring is good, sorry, I have my morning voice, kind of just woke up, I have my iced coffee with me, I did briefly just have a hiccup attack, so I hope that those don't return as I'm speaking because that would suck a lot and be quite distracting. So, um, my week this week, how did it go? It was really good. I did not have a lot of schoolwork this week, so I actually had a lot of free time, which was a nice break from my busy schoolwork schedule, you know. I had a lot of homework the past few weeks, and this week was kind of a cool down. But, you know, in university, when you have a few days off, it all really hits you like a bus. So I have a big paper due on Monday. Um, I briefly started that. Gonna hammer it out tomorrow, hopefully a good chunk of it tomorrow and today maybe. Um, I know Monday I'll be grinding non-stop all day, so that's coming very close. I got other stuff due in like next week, the week after, so it's gonna be a busy few weeks leading up. I have like four or three weeks left of school, so that is insane and it's not like I have four or three weeks left of this semester no I'm actually I'm gonna be done school and you know we talked about it last week how insane that is that graduating in like less than a month but ah big changes big stuff okay this week I also saw some of my friends which was really fun I had some dinners um it was St. Patrick's Day so I dressed in green on Wednesday and ate out. It was really fun. I had my mom's birthday yesterday. We spent the whole day on a road trip with my dog. Um a lot of good food this week, a lot of good company, a lot of good times. I think I mentioned like last week or the week before that I started a 42-day fitness challenge. And I've been keeping up with it, and I'm so proud. And what day is it? I get confused on what days I have been doing. So I want to say 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Today is day 13. I'm going to work out after this podcast. Super excited, and I'm pushing through even though Mother Nature's visiting. So love that. If you know, you know. Um, what else did I do this week? Um, I have really been working in time this week to, like, 
reflect and be self-aware and meditate a little bit, which is new. I have this app. I've mentioned it before. It's called Eternal Sunshine and it's all about like self-love and self-awareness and reflection and podcasts and meditations and podcasts. I already said that, but it's really good and I decided to use the meditation thing a couple times this week, which was enjoyable. And it's good and it has something for everyone. So maybe download that if you want to. It also sends you notifications throughout the day to remind yourself to do this, to stop and breathe, to affirm yourself, shit like that. So I love that um, application. So um, Okay, let's, let's do this. So my first book this week, The Gratefulness Journal, The Grounding Myself the affirmations it just a lot comes from my gratefulness journal and I really love it and yeah so I was grateful this week for peace and that kind of joins with my you know taking time to sit down and be at peace with myself and like just breathe and like take in moments so peace is something I was grateful for I'm also very grateful for Zumba um Zumba is definitely up there and one of my favorite ways to work out because I love doing things that make me active. So I love sports and dance is a sport. So Zumba is perfect. And I found this really good Zumba instructor on YouTube. I think his name is Zumba Sulu, S-U-L-U, Zumba Sulu, I'm pretty sure that's his name, but um, very good Zumba. And he uses like modern songs and like old songs and all the above a little bit of latin in there so it's a lot of fun and i'm really grateful for zumba because i do those on wednesdays on my 42 day challenge and they're just so much fun and it's so much fun to dance and you're burning calories as you dance so it's a good time thankful for coffee as per usual this morning i took a video of me making my coffee on snapchat i was gonna send to my friends and sure enough it accidentally i accidentally deleted it so my friends didn't get to see that masterpiece today, but, you know, it's fine. They they get enough videos of me making my coffee anyway. So, um, what else am I thankful for? Thankful for productive days. I had very good productive days leading to, like, the end of the week. Like, I had a couple very productive days that I'm very proud of, especially Thursday. And we are going to dive into Thursday a lot more when I get to my open-ended journaling because I journaled about my day on Thursday. So when we get to that portion of the podcast, we will get to that portion of the podcast. Um, And lastly, I'm thankful for gloomy mornings. And that being because it's like the clouds are dark and they're gray and there's like moisture in the air and there's fog and you just want to curl up and like be cozy. but it's also like you're the only one awake on earth because it's also very dim and it's, I don't know, I love gloomy mornings, so I was grateful for that this week, which was also on Thursday, which we will talk about later. Iced coffee break. Today I actually switched up the toffee nut, guys. I added vanilla syrup, so I have a vanilla iced coffee with me today with oat milk, and it is fantastic. But I have noticed... My flavoring syrups are living their last lives. They don't have very much left in them, so I'm going to have to order some more of those on Amazon as I do or ask for them for my birthday, which is in a couple months. I think they might last me till then, but 
I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. So, let's talk about my mindfulness journal. I'm going to grab it and read the prompt that it gave me. It was a question about worrying. So, here we go. Um, Five-minute mindfulness journal. What is something you are really worried about right now? When we understand our aversions, we can develop a more mindful relationship with the fear and worry. Write down some things you are worried about right now in your life and why do these things worry you? So what I wrote is I am worried about this fall. And reason being, oh my god, my chair is squeaking. I don't know how long it was just squeaking for. Uh, I'm sorry if you heard that squeaking, but I can't really rewind. So we'll just have to deal with my noisy chair for a sec. Okay, I'm now aware of that, sorry. Um, okay, so fall 2021, I'm concerned. I'm not concerned, I'm worried, but I think they're good nerves as opposed to bad ones, but like, I'm still human and I still am allowed to worry about things, whether they're good or bad, whether they're good nerves or bad nerves or whatever I'm worried about, I'm allowed to feel the worry because I'm human and I have feelings and that's okay. So I'm worried about fall because I'm going to be going to grad school. And the grad schools I've applied to are all far away and involve me moving. I have never moved away. I did move away briefly for first year. From September to April, I moved away 20 minutes that direction. I am pointing that way, which is like right of me. But I'm moving. I moved 20 minutes away. From my home which I honestly don't think counts really um I mean in first year I lived with my best friends I lived 20 minutes away from my family I was at my house three times a week I worked in my like town like I came home to work I my parents drove me to hockey because I didn't have a car all that stuff I don't think it was really moving away I mean it was but it also wasn't but I don't think it had the full effect that moving away has should have on someone anyway so I'm kind of worried about that kind of not kind of excited kind of feeling all these feelings but I will be away from my friends and family I will have to deal with the cost of living I will have to deal deal with the worries of do I need a car will I have a car do I have to buy a car and all of these open-ended questions I will be moving into a new city I will be moving to a new school. I will be joining a new program. I will have new faces around me. I am worried about if the delivery is going to be online or in person physically. I'm worried about, yeah, just accepting a grad school and going away and like the effects of COVID that it might have. And, but on the other side, I'm actually really excited to get independency and to do something I love and meet new people and meet new professors and feel a new atmosphere. So there, there's worries, but they're kind of good worries, but that's kind of what I'm worried about right now. I'm also worried about COVID, of course, like it's all in my mind. So that's something I'm also worried about. I'm worried about my friends and my families, their paths that they're on right now as well. Like not bad worries, but like good worries. Like we're all, pretty much all my friends are all 
99 babies and we're all going on different paths right now and it worries me but I know I really know that my friendships are strong enough to handle us going on different paths so that makes me happy but at the same time it's scary but it's also exciting so I don't know if I approached this question correctly like it wanted me to but that was my take on it um they have this little quote here from Mark Twain, and it says that I've had a lot of worries in my life, most of which never even happened. So that is a quote about an overthinker, which I completely am. Um, it's hard to not do, and it's hard to stop, but, you know, it makes sense. You know, uh, you have a lot of worries in your life, and most of them never even happen because you tend to, because I tend to overthink these situations that never even happen, so... Food for thought. Moving on to the next question of mindfulness. Um, it kind of goes the opposite of what worries me right now, and it asks, what's something you are excited about right now? Likewise, uh, when we understand what we desire and why we desire it, we can approach our desires in a more skillful way. We bring perspective to both excitement and worry without valuing one over the other. Write down a list of some things you are most excited about and why are you so excited about these things. So I took that question and I really loved it and it got me really excited from the worrying page. And what I'm excited about is I'm excited to work soon. Uh, my work just posted all of the spring schedule and shifts are coming and programs are happening and I get to see my work fa family, I get to see my bosses, I get to see my friends, I get to see co-workers I get to see like familiar faces I get to see the kids I get to see parents so I'm really really excited work is coming soon and I start full-time in May and I'm so excited it's my favorite time of year my favorite people my favorite job ever and I'm so excited for this summer and spring programming to happen that's what I'm really excited for that was the first thing that came to my mind um, I'm excited about graduating I'm excited about grad school I wrote this um, on Tuesday. I wrote I'm excited about St. Patty's, which was the next day. Um, I wrote also, this was on Tuesday, so I wrote I'm excited about my mom's birthday, which already happened yesterday, and I wrote that I'm excited about this summer. So uh, another quote here that I thought about that wasn't actually written in the book was, if you approach the mountain in fear, it'll look bigger than it actually is. And I kind of live by this. I love it so much. It, it um, really helps me with my overthinking. And it's like, if you approach a situation scared and nervous and fear, it's going to look so much worse than it actually is. An example of this, which happened a few months ago, was I had an online interview and I was worried. Hold on, I got to switch hands because my hand is kind of cramping up holding my microphone. So, um, yeah, I had an online interview and I was so scared and I was so nervous and I approached it in fear you know, hands shaking, palms sweaty, knees weak, you know, arms heavy. If you got that reference, thank you. Um, but yeah, I was so scared and it happened and it was like the easiest thing ever. It was so calm and so chill and was not a big deal whatsoever, but I thought it was and I made the situation look a little worse than it actually was, which is something I really need to work on. But I think that my overthinking has immensely improved mostly through these practices that I've been implementing into my life every day. So very happy about that. And it's always good to talk out your overthinking with someone and get them to see the bigger picture of what you're narrowed in on. So 
if anyone's ever overthinking, hit me up and we will talk about it together and we will bond over the way we overthink, okay? Okay. Okay. Next. My devotional this week. Anne Voskamp. Um, 1,000 gifts. Let's talk about grace. Um, this week it talked about bridging grace and what it means to bridge grace. She um, expressed how like we need to count our blessings constantly, which is helpful because I have a gratefulness journal which allows me to count my blessings constantly every single day and discover who and what you can count on in your life. And if we count our blessings and we count what we're grateful for constantly, it can lead us out of fear because it tends to allow us to stop, think, breathe, and let the good outweigh the bad on days where we're scared or we're fearful or we're worrying. She uses this analogy that crossing of like crossing a bridge a million times on your street like you oh my dog's barking oh crap honestly when i listen to these back you can never actually hear her barking so i'm gonna just ignore that okay um so she uses an analogy there's a there's a bridge on your street and you drive your street every single day there and back however many times a day you cross it a million times in your life and you trust that bridge because every time you go on it, it never fails to break or um, teeter or creak or whatever. So it's the same thing, crossing that bridge you do a million times a day, as trusting God. So trust with God is like a bridge and it's the same bridge as yesterday. It's the same bridge you'll see tomorrow. Same bridge as next week. And it's built upon these planks of grace and these frames of gratitude. So grace and gratitude kind of the same thing but if we just acknowledge you know trust within God and we acknowledge that our relationship is built on gratitude moments of gratitude moments of trust moments of grace we'll remember we'll remember things and we'll you know approach things with grace and approach approaching things with grace is literally the first step into trusting God so Stop and acknowledge what you're thankful for in your life, and it helps us trust and it helps us believe. So, that was Ann Voskamp's little splurge this week on um, bridging grace and how to maintain trustful relationships with God. So, awesome. All right, um, my open ended journal this week. Here we are. So, I said I would approach my Thursday in my journaling, and what I did on Thursday is I woke up at 5 a.m. And I want to talk about it and how I felt and what it did for me and something about early mornings. And we're going to discuss early mornings in my open-ended journal. So I woke up at 5 a.m. Um, I fell asleep the night before around 9 p.m. So I guess my body was like, you know what, eight hours are up, wake up. And I woke up at 5 a.m. And instead of, you know, sulking in bed and going back to sleep and hiding under the covers, going on my phone laying there for hours, whatever it may be, I decided to just wake up and I was like, you know what, it's 5 a.m., let's let's do it, let's get up. So I got up and my productivity just went through the roof for some reason. I I walked 
my dog. I saw my parents before they went to work. I made coffee. I made my bed. I did my skincare. I got dressed. I made this whole to-do list. I was so productive and that was all before like 8 a.m. This, it was like a gloomyish morning so I felt, you know, calm and like I felt a sense of like serenity and tranquility and it was just so nice and I was, as soon as my parents left for work, I was like by myself with my dog. My brother wasn't up yet and I just vibed like by myself in this gloomy day. I ended up working downstairs because I had a free workspace. I had my Fleetwood Mac playlist going and it was the most perfect playlist I could have possibly chosen for this morning. I ended up listening to a podcast and just the feeling like of getting up that early, it's like I'm the only one awake and it felt like the world wasn't even, like hasn't even begun yet. Like I felt like I was the only person in the world with all the quietness and all the stillness surrounding me, which I thought was so cool. And it was so different than what I'm like normally used to when I wake up and the sun's up and people are awake, my dog's barking and like people have sent me messages, but like no, my phone, I had no notifications. The sun was still down, it was dark, I was by myself and it was just a really good, really good feeling. Um, One of my New Year's resolutions for this week on top of journaling and writing and being more self-aware and just like gratitude and stuff was to actually try my best to be more of a morning person. I'm like the furthest thing from a morning person. I used to sleep in till one. I used to wake up at 11 and lay in bed till two. I used to be the biggest beep ever in the morning, like so cranky, so not ready for people not in the mood to talk to people. When I wake up, you don't talk to me, okay, for at least two hours. But I've learned that is not a good way to approach life. So I really wanted my goal to this year to wake up earlier, have my body adjust to more of a morning schedule. And the reason being is because I am most productive in the mornings and early afternoons because as I talked to before, I don't like working like past four or five um I just feel like the evening is not a way that I am productive I don't like working in the evenings and yeah we're all different but that's just my take on it and I think in the mornings when I wake up I have my coffee I'm dialed in and I'm ready to work on and focus whatever needs to be done for that day So that's why I wanted it to be my New Year's resolution and I've done so great and it's just like in the morning you feel different you feel alone I got to plan my whole entire day and I have like the whole day ahead of me. I also feel like in the morning, it's so weird how like hours, I don't know if anyone else feels this, but like hours go by so fast, so much faster as they would in like the late afternoon. Like I woke up at five and before I knew it, it was like 9am and I had class in two hours and I was like, what? How does this happen? But I also noticed that at work when I start at like seven, by the time I know it, it's like 11. So it's kind of crazy how mornings are so different then afternoons and nights it like just gives off a whole different vibe and it's a good vibe unless you're like be tired and you don't want to do it like I feel waking up in the morning is only it only works if you're like in the mood and you're down to do it so yeah um even though you know the sun wasn't up when I woke up 
I got to like slowly ease myself into my workload for the day by doing little tiny tasks, you know, at dusk. And my dog is going insane and I can hear my parents yelling. And I'm sorry if you can hear that. But they're trying to speak over top of Coco, so. Anyway, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, so um, waking up that early, it like allowed me, instead of like say waking up at 11, having to do something by 11.30, I rush everything, I rush getting ready, I rush doing this, rush doing that, rush making coffee. When I woke up at like 5, I got to ease in and I got to do little tasks. I made my bed super easy. I took my time. I did my skincare. I walked my dog. I listened to a podcast. Small but simple and effective tasks led me into the grind, which was sit down, do my homework, you know, get ready for class, do class, etc. So that's what I also really enjoyed about getting up that early. And I always wonder like what it was like and how people woke up so early and how they do it every single day. Like my father and my mom, they always wake up so early. I'm like, how do you do that? But like, I get it now. I get it. I used to, like I am, I would classify myself more as a night owl, but I can be an early bird when I want to. But like, I'm so like fond of like sleeping and dreaming. It's such a good escape from reality. So what I would do is I would use sleep as a coping mechanism for escaping my mind and life situations. So I would stay up at late at night, watch Netflix, watch TV, do whatever, go on my phone. Therefore, it would allow me to sleep in longer in the morning and avoid most of my day. Not a good tactic. I really do not recommend doing this. But I used to, like, wake up and I'm like, oh my gosh, again? Like, seriously, this is happening again. Like, I have to do the same routine over and again. But, like, lately, 2021, like, even, like, a little bit of 2020, I have, like, worked on myself so much. And now I wake up and I'm like, yes, another day, another opportunity, a new light, new experiences. I'm so happy to be awake and alive. Like, I can't believe how much I've changed in, like, the past year. And... I'm so happy and so grateful and I'm literally doing the best I've ever been right now. So yay! But yeah, so I do love being a night owl anyway. It has this, I feel like it has the same effect that dusk does when you're the only like one awake and you're the only person in a world, in the world right now. So like at 3 a.m. your phone's not blowing up. It's quiet. It's still, the, the moon is out, the stars are out. It's just you. It's just you. It has the same effect as it does waking up in the morning, I feel as well, but it does not help me personally with productivity. My brain is already beat tired from the entire day I just had, whereas the difference between the morning is that I'm well rested and I have the whole day ahead of me and I have my to-do list and I'm ready and I'm in the zone, I have my coffee, etc., as opposed to being sluggish and in bed and trying to fall asleep, but not really, and got that one measly conversation going on or whatever. So early mornings, I feel like they only work for me if I go to sleep a little bit earlier, which I honestly don't mind. It hasn't impacted my life in a negative way this past like two weeks. I've literally been falling asleep before 1030, which is kind of nice and I kind of like it. But anyway, nonetheless, I, I do love myself a solid early morning rise and I always tell myself, if I get up early and I'm not really feeling it, I can always nap later. 
naps are sometimes a key for a happy life and I love my naps and if you know me you know I love my naps so do what you want with that information that's what I had to journal about today or this week lastly we're gonna talk about the subtle art um, by Mark Manson have some iced coffee first Like, I'm so proud of myself, too. It's literally the hour of 10, and I, I'm already done, like, my podcast, and I'm being productive, and I washed my face, and I'm going to work out after, and, like, you know, the mornings are so good for productivity, in my eyes, anyway. If you're not like me, then that's fine, but we all have our ways of productivity, you know, and this is just what works for me, and I'm really thriving, so yay. Okay, so this week I read a <clears throat> section of Mark Manson's book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F, and this little section wrote about how you are wrong literally about everything. We're constantly wrong. We're always wrong. We think one thing, and then we change our mind later, and we realize, ooh, I was wrong. So Manson notes how we tend to believe things for like a long, long while, and then we get proven wrong. He uses the example of like science, how like Scientists believed this one thing like so many years ago and then got, you know, shown differently and they realized they were wrong. He talks about society, societal norms, culture, even doctors who believed one thing at one point of the day and then got proven wrong. He uses examples of the world and he uses even his own little childish beliefs as examples, which was actually a really good one. And I have an example. So when I was younger, this is so silly. <laughs> I thought people who lived in BC had English accents, hence the British in British Columbia. I was a child anyway. Um, so that's just an example of like, we're always wrong. We think one thing and we get proven later on and we learn and we grow and it's okay to do that. So he uses this this example that he expands upon um, pretty deep into his book, and he uses this idea of love as an example in how he had a girlfriend, but when it ended in his life, he thought, you know, I'm never going to love again. I'm never going to feel that ever again, yet he still actually did, like later on in life. He compares the idea of being wrong and changing our beliefs and our outlooks on life to be considered as a process of growing, and I love talking about the process of growing. I've journaled on this before, I've talked about this many times, and this is just another example of how we, as humans, grow based on experiences. And he notes how, like, himself, he looks back at his past self, and he literally laughs, and he's like... I can't believe what I thought used to be right, yet he knows now he was wrong then, and he knows that his future self will be looking back on his present self and thinking the exact same thing, which is kind of funny, and it's kind of a good thing because it means that we're growing, and it means we are evolving into better people and people who are more right than they used to be, and now knowing and learning from mistakes and knowing what was wrong and stuff like that. So, like, sometimes if we constantly fail, you know, time and time again, we're constantly wrong, it will lead us ultimately to success and it will lead us to growing and it will lead us to change to the course we're on and leave the path and figure out new ways to look at our situations. And if we're constantly wrong, you know, it's a good thing because it allows 
us to grow and it allows life to evolve and it allows us to be newer versions and better versions of ourselves. So the process of wrong to right, you know, it doesn't happen overnight at all. You know, Manson, he explains how if we're wrong, we gather more information, which makes us less wrong. And then we gather more information and then we're even less wrong than that. And the process just continues and continues and continues. Doesn't happen overnight. We should never seek to find the ultimate right. This is a quote. We shouldn't seek to find the ultimate right answers for ourselves, but rather we should seek to chip away at the ways we were wrong today so that we can be a little less wrong tomorrow. Because ultimately, okay, unquote, because ultimately perfection is just impossible to achieve and certainty is a made-up concept. Nobody's ever certain. We're never going to be certain about something. There's always room for being wrong somewhere in there. What's right in my eyes, as an example, could be wrong in someone else's eyes and vice versa. You know, what we all experience, because we're all different people, we experience things independently and that's what shapes our personal ideas and our values of what is right and wrong. And since we are all unique and we all stem from, you know, these different walks and different paths of, li of life, we all have differing responses to what right really looks like in our lives and how life should be lived when we were young here's another example we were we get like we get asked what do you want to be when you grow up and when I was younger I remember first grade we're all sitting on my teacher's carpet we all she asked us what we wanted to be when we grew up and to draw a picture of us in that situation so she was presenting all of the grade one's findings and I remember I wrote and I drew a picture of me and I said I wanted to be in the NHL and I drew a picture of me playing hockey as a first grader would you know I said I would play in the NHL that's what I want to be when I grow up and you know I've grown from then I am now graduating university and the reality of my mind has changed and I realized I was not right I was actually wrong and now I want to be involved, you know, in what I'm passionate for, in media, in communication, in writing, in literature, in English. I want to be something that has to do with that. As we grow, our, answer has, our answers to questions have changed and evolved and because pretty much ourselves we've changed and we've evolved. Because we receive more and more love life experiences, we make, which makes us less wrong than we were years before. I'll leave with this. Food for thought. It's important for us to realize that it's fine to be wrong. It is okay to be wrong. It's actually good to be wrong. Because certainty is not something we should strive for. Certainty is irrelevant. Like, you're never going to be certain. And accepting flaws and accepting mistakes in our own lives is fundamental for the process of change and for us to be where we want to be and being the best versions of ourselves. Gonna leave with that. Thank you guys so much. I hope everyone has an amazing week. Um, I had a lot of fun this week journaling. I learned a lot about myself. Um, maybe once this week I challenge you to get up at 5 a.m. Go to bed early the night before and get up and see how the world is working that early in the morning. Maybe take five minutes of your day to write down your worries and write down what you're excited for and compare the two and see what you can do in your life to lessen that worry or get you more excited for things. 
think about how being wrong has influenced your life and put you in the position that you are in now. Um, yeah, count your blessings, count your graces, and I will see y'all next week for episode eight. I can't believe I've literally done this many already. Blows my mind, but I'm having so much fun. And yeah, thank you so much for escaping with me and we'll see you next time.